This is it. This is the moment you've been waiting for. You have all your talking points, you've practiced many times, and you know the tone you want to take. You've even thrown in a few jokes to lighten the mood. But now it's game time. Your competitor is wrapping up and you know you're next. You know there is pressure because everything you have done has led to this. And at this point, you will have doubt about one thing. Who's coming in second? My name is Dominic Lawson and this is The Startup Life. Let's begin. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. So today we're going to talk about how to win a pitch competition. So in the first segment, we're going to talk about some public speaking tips because that's all a pitch competition is. It's just a form of public speaking. We'll talk about that. And lastly, Startup Nation, because you know I like to give you actual things to use uh, on your day-to-day life as an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about this step-by-step way to win a pitch competition. So Startup Nation, I hope you're able to receive great value today, and let's take flight. Now Startup Nation, before we get into today's show really quick, I want to do a, a few housekeeping things. I'm really sorry about last week's episode or our previous episode, because I think I may have had the mic too close to my mouth or I had the gain up a little bit too high. So the audio in that last episode isn't quite what I like it to be. So I do apologize about that. Just know it just came from a place of excitement. I was really glad to be back with you guys. You may have noticed that we uploaded two episodes this week. Well, that's because September 30th is International Podcast Day. And so I wanted to commemorate that by giving you a double upload or two episodes. It's my way of saying thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for, you know, rocking with me and hopefully you're getting some value out of the startup life. So uh, this is going to be the first episode, uh, how to win a pitch competition. And then we'll come back with another episode for the money game. So, uh, you know, like I said, this is for you, Startup Nation. I really just wanted to do something for you to kind of commemorate International Podcast Day. Also with that, you know, I got a lot of feedback that people like that different spin on um on you know when I talked about Colin Kaepernick and Le'Veon Bell, and so I think we're gonna bring that back in the very in the second episode of the Startup Life. I had this segment that I was trying out called "What Can We Learn from That," and so I think that's what we're gonna do from now on. We'll we'll start the show each episode with a you know what can we learn from that, and so today's you know uh, what can we learn from that in our life as entrepreneurs is that I read I came across an article. Uh, about podcasting hitting a slump. Now, now many people, believe it or not, don't know about podcasts and don't know where to find a podcast to listen to or wherever the case may be. Because believe it or not, it is a fairly new medium 
that people are really starting to tap into. You hear about a new podcast, you know, starting, you know, literally every day. So it seems kind of weird that if it's like this really new medium and it's really starting to take off, that it'll already be in a slump. Well, it's one of those things where a lot of big time like radio broadcasting companies and stuff like that, they saw the the magnitude that podcasting can have. They saw the reach that podcasting can have. And so a lot of them started to really get into it, like, you know, your clear channels and your uh, and I can't think of another big radio broadcasting company. But you kind of get the idea of what I'm saying, like those uh, iHeartRadio, iHeartMedia, whatever the case may be, they really started getting the podcast. And so a lot of them, you know, put money into the seeking out of podcasts and into the growing of like podcast apartments or wherever the case may be. And so they would like, you know, pick up these podcasts with people who already had established shows and followings or wherever the case may be. But now those same companies are starting to cut those departments and cut those podcasts and staffs and cut those shows altogether. And you may be asking yourself why that is. Well, Startup Nation, just like any venture, whether it be your business or adding something to your business, like a podcast department, you need to do not only proper vetting, but also you got to invest money into the creativity of it all. You got to invest in the actual process of creating new content, the actual process of creating new voices. And unfortunately, a lot of those big radio corporations thought they were just going to like just consume all these podcasts under their umbrella and didn't have to do any work. And Startup Nation, think about that in relation to your business. You can't start a new venture without putting some time and some effort into it. Okay, just because somebody else thinks something is popular doesn't mean that, you know, that thing is right for you. A lot of times people that I mentor um, you know, with their business or they ask me advice for their business, they're always afraid to, you know, share their idea. Like, I, I, I want to, I want nobody to steal my idea. I don't want nobody to steal my idea here. I'm going to tell you about my idea here. Sign this NDA. And that's all fine. But the thing is, Startup Nation, is that if you, you know, have an idea or have this thing, honestly, the only person that can really execute it the way it's supposed to be executed is really you. For the most part, because it's your idea. It came from you. If you want to design a new widget and the widget is supposed to be blue and somebody steals that idea and makes it red, that just means that they didn't do the due diligence. They just thought it was a good idea and they just ran with it. But you know to make that widget blue because you've done the testing, you've done the, the focus grouping and everything else. And so, you know, that's the best way to go. So when I hear about these, you know, big radio companies you know, trying to get in a podcast and now they're hitting a slump. It's only because they didn't do their due diligence. They didn't do the proper vetting and they didn't do their proper investment, which is why now people in those podcast departments are losing their jobs. And so Startup Nation, if you're going to, you know, do something new or do some type of venture, you must put in the proper time and, you know, you got to put in the proper money. But you also have to understand that there is no automatic pilot or you no know, or automatic driver button when it comes to starting a new venture or starting a new business you got to put some you got to put something in it to get something out of it you know and that's just the laws of nature that's just the laws of life okay so when you're starting your new venture or something like that keep that in mind startup nation startup nation a pitch competition really is like just another form of public speaking right and so 
if you're nervous about it, it's normal. Everybody gets nervous about something, especially public speaking. Believe it or not, it's more it's more feared by a lot of people than death itself. But if you really want to get rid of that nervousness and what and if you really don't want to get tripped up when you're giving your pitch is that you have got to practice. You've got to practice. A lot of people when it comes to public speaking engagements or pitch competitions and everything else in between, it's like they want to put off practice until very close to the event. But the thing is, is that like if you practice, even if it's just a little bit leading up to the event, you can iron out a lot of that, you know, of that nervousness because you already know what to expect. You already know what you're going to say. You already have an idea of what direction you want to go with your speech, with your pitch, or wherever the case may be. So practice is like super important because I'll I'll tell you like this. You know, it's it's a lot like riding a bike. Remember when you first rode your bike and they took and we took off and your parents took off the uh what are those things called training wheels and their parents took off the training wheels, right? You were nervous. You were super nervous, right? You got on that bike, you started wobbling, whatever the case may be, right? And you fell off a few times. Okay, and so when you're practicing your pitch by yourself, you know, in front of the mirror and you're recording yourself, that's another tip. Record yourself when you uh, practice your pitch, because a lot of times people don't like the sound of their own voice and they definitely don't like it when they hear it in the microphone or something like that. But when you record it and play it back, you get over that part. And so that's another hurdle that you can get over. But anyway, you're riding your bike, you first learn to ride your bike with the training wheels off and you fall off a few times, but that bike is wobbling. That's the practice. That's the ironing part out. But you keep getting back on that bike. Right. And so after a while, you get good at it and then you get really good at it. You're not wobbling anymore. You're not falling off your bike. Well, you're not falling off as much, you know, right? You know, unless you're a 13-year-old boy like myself jumping ramps. But that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day, Startup Nation. But you're not falling off that bike anymore, right? And so now you have this control. You have this confidence in yourself. You're not nervous anymore because you know what to expect. You know what to do. You know how to break. You know, whether that be on the handlebars or, or you know, uh, pedaling backwards, Right? And that's all you're doing when you're practicing your pitch. You're 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 getting rid of the wobbling. You're getting rid of the falling off. And so once you have that pitch down, then you can add some extra stuff to it. You can add jokes and whatever the case may be. Those jokes and the extra stank on your pitch is like that's when you start popping willies and jumping ramps, right? Because you're comfortable with the pitch. You're comfortable in your conciseness and you've crystallized what you're going to say to the audience, to the investor, to the judges of this pitch competition. But you got you can't do that without practicing. There's no other way to get over that anxiety unless you practice. Because if you think you're just going to get up there and just wing it and you're already nervous about public speaking, mm, it's not going to work. Even the people who are well-versed in their... Um, in their craft or in their message or their area of expertise and they have to give a speech and they don't practice, they still mess up because they're nervous because like you're just spewing out a whole bunch of like facts and whatever the case may be, but it's not in a setting that you're used to. You're like conversational, not like with like 100, 200, 300 people staring at you. But if you practice, you get over that part. Now, practice for the most part, for most people, will take about 90% of the nervousness away. The other 10% is that you assume, you know, that you are the 
go-to person, you know, the expert in the thing that you're talking about, in that idea that you're pitching, in that business that you're pitching, or whatever your speaking engagement is about. You're the expert. The audience knows that you're the expert. Because a lot of times that nerve uh, nervousness doesn't just come from the fear of public speaking. A lot of times that fear or that nervousness comes from like, is anybody going to take me serious? Is anybody going to fact check me on the spot? You know, and, and those things may be true, but 90% of that audience or 98% of the audience already assumes that you're the expert. So they're they're giving you that, you know, that level of respect that you know what you're talking about they're going to assume it so you just need to assume it too and the thing is is like when you're giving a a a speech or whatever the case may be even though there may be people in the audience that know about what you're talking about they don't know exactly what you're going to say so if you mess up unless you tell them nobody knows so once again if you're nervous it's normal everybody goes through it it's okay But if you want to iron out that nervousness, you got to practice, practice with, you know, recording yourself, you know, so that way you can get over the sound of your voice. But also assume that the people that you're talking to are going to look to you as the expert at what you're talking about. Another thing, Startup Nation, is that like, you know, or another tip in public speaking or, you know, presenting your pitch is that you have to have a organized you know, uh, material of what you're ta- of what you're talking about. Organize your content. Organize your content. It's one thing to know a lot of facts and figures, or whatever the case may be. But if it's just spewed all over the place randomly, that takes away at the credibility. That's going to erode at your credibility. So when you're in a pitch competition, I want you to format your pitch just like this. You want to start with like an antidote and a problem, right? You know. Um, so like an antidote can be like a stat or or a, a super quick story, super quick story. Because in a pitch competition, you only have about on average between like 90 to 120 seconds. Unless that competition tells you exactly how much, usually it falls between 90 and 120 seconds. And then like sometime a Q&A after the fact. But you want to tell like a really quick story or antidote or stat or whatever the case may be. This is where you hook them in because you got about 30 seconds to hook in your audience because after that first 30 seconds if you don't hook them in you've lost them it's super important it's like once again cliches are cliches because they're true if you don't impress people you know first impressions first impressions are lasting impressions or wherever the case may be if you don't hit them in the beginning you will lose them okay so once again the antidote the antidote should be like a stat, a really, you know, some type of stat, a really short story or some type of, you know, a uh, personal story or some type of some type of hook or, you know, clincher to get them, you know, get them interested in what you're about to talk about. And then you want to talk about a problem. You want to talk about that problem a little bit more in detail. And then you want to introduce yourself and then you want to introduce your company or whatever your idea is to let them know this is what. Uh, we plan to do. You want to you know after that, you want to talk about how you plan to uh, create a solution for the problem that you stated earlier. And then after that, you want to show some type of unique qualifier or some unique differentiation between what's already in the market. Now, I'm going to say this before you say, well, nobody else does what I do. I'm going to tell you right now, if that's the case, then you don't have a good idea. 
Because unless if nobody else does what you're trying to do, then nine times out of 10, it's not a good idea. Because if somebody does what you do already, that means it's proof of concept, it already works. People only like things that they already know that works. I'm sorry, it just is. That's just the bottom line truth. People don't like to venture out on new things. Not all the time, which is why I said nine times out of 10. So you want to have that unique qualifier, that unique differentiation that sets you apart. Like there are competitors in this space, but this is why I do it better. Or this is how I can do it better. It's like a burger, right? Let's say you're, you're pitching a burger joint. And of course, you know, we got McDonald's and Burger King and Sonic and all these other burger places. What makes your burger better? Now, if you say, you know, because we have we have a, a, a better process or a single line or word of case maybe in making burgers, I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't winning that argument. Burger King, Sonic and McDonald's for definitely McDonald's have the best process in the world when it comes to burgers. You're not beating McDonald's on process. But where you can beat them is like maybe you're you're you have a vegan patty. Maybe you have a veggie patty. And with everything being all natural, this and whole grain, that or whatever the case may be, that may be the niche. That may be how you use that unique qualifier to beat that competition, because that's what investors and judges and the audience want to hear. They want to hear that unique qualifier, that unique differentiation between you and everything that's already in the marketplace. And then last but not least, you want to leave them with like a cliffhanger or like a, a, a lasting question or something that like makes them really think like, oh my goodness, you just blew my mind. You know, something along those like, are you ready to help me make the best burger in the world? Or are you ready to help me to make the best burger the world's ever seen or something like that, right? So once again, opening antidote, something that hooks them in with a very short story, a stat, or something along those lines, introduce the problem, introduce yourself, Introduce the company, the idea uh, that you're presenting, introduce the solution, introduce the unique qualifier, and then lastly, introduce the, the cliffhanging closure, if you were at the begin, at the end. And so that's what a, a organized format will look like. Okay. And once again, it's super important to have that content in place. One of the reasons why Good podcasters are good podcasters because they have a format. They don't just turn the mic on and start talking. Even the startup life has a format like that. That opening monologue that I, uh, I share with you each time the show opens, it's scripted. I write it down word for word. And then each of the segments are formatted in a certain way. You know, and I let you know what that format is in the beginning to set the expectation. OK, but at the very least, everything is controlled. Everything is concise. Everything is organized in a format and it's easy to digest. It's easy to drink, a, you know, bottled water than to drink water out of a fire hose. It just is. So if you have your content organized, that gives you a leg up on your competition and it gives you more and more to that prize that you're trying to seek, that you're seeking uh, for that pitch competition. Also, Startup Nation, you know, another tip when it comes to public speaking and pitch competitions is to let your personality come through. Like, don't be up there as a robot spitting out facts and spitting out, you know, content and spitting out whatever case may be. Let people see who the real you are, right? Now, look, I'm not saying go up there and do a whole dance and show. 
what I am saying is that like be comfortable and be yourself. And that's where iron in that nervousness comes out, right? It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs almost. If you've practiced the content and you've knocked out that part and you're very comfortable with that part, this allows us to pop those willies or to let the personality show. Because the thing is, in a pitch competition, we're not really invested or voting on or whatever the case may be in the idea. I mean, let me be clear. The idea needs to be good. It needs to be viable. There needs to be some type of proof of concept, scalable, the whole nine yards. But when it comes to investors and audience and the target audience that's judging your pitch, they're really judging you. They're really investing in you, the person, not the idea, the person. Okay. And so if I'm an investor and you up there like, you know, we have this many warehouses and we can put out this much product. It's like that concept may be viable, but I'm not entirely sure that you're excited about it. And I need you excited about it if I'm going to invest my money or I'm going to invest my vote in this pitch competition. That's super important, right? If you're a joker, be a joker, you know, tactfully, of course. If you're if you're seen as inspirational to people, be inspirational, you know, know yourself and know how, you know, uh, you know, your personality comes through to people. Right. Even if you got two focus group people, focus group people like, hey, how do you see me? Am I a humanist person? Am I an inspirational person? Am I the go get a person? And people will tell you, like, look, you know, this is how I see you. And nine times out of 10, you, you should go with that. Right. But also the the tone of your pitch should match your personality coming through. Right. Like if you're if for instance, if you're pitching an idea of a way to prevent suicide or something like that, then obviously we don't want to crack jokes. Like this is a serious subject. You want to stick to that, that type of tone that is a serious matter. Okay. So be that, be very vigilant. That's the word I'm looking for. Be very vigilant about that part. Letting your personality show like it's okay. Let it come through, but let's not let it come through too much to the point where it gets you off the main message. Another thing, start automation, and this comes back to that whole practicing. Don't sit up there and read your pitch top to bottom on your cue cards, on your paper, or wherever the case may be. Because what that looks like to the audience or to investors is that you really don't care about what you're talking about. If you didn't take the time out to practice and you know go over your data or where the case may be you don't care about this idea so why should i care about this idea or in higher stakes why should i give you my money to invest in your idea you don't care about it so i'm not gonna care about it, it it's a bad look startup nation and it's one of those things where it's like look none of that may be true you may know your stuff backwards and forwards or whatever the case may be but i'm sorry we all know reception is perception is reality so if it is perceived that you don't care about the idea if it is perceived that you don't know it enough about the idea and you got to read off cue cards and paper it will be reality that you will not get the investment you will not get the vote and you will not win that pitch competition it is what it is also you know startup nation and i'll end with this you know, if you're going to use like some type of visuals, where it be PowerPoints or 
charts and graphs or whatever the case may be. Use them wisely. Use them very wisely. I can't tell you how many times that I have coached people on their pitch and they basically have the words that they're going to say on the PowerPoint. Once again, it's like if I'm in the audience, if I'm the investor, I can read those words for myself. I don't need you to read them to me. This is not the first grade and this isn't reading time. Okay, know what you're going to say, but don't put those words on the PowerPoint, on the screen or whatever the case may be. You can you know, have like maybe a few words, you know, based on what you're going to talk about. And maybe that helps you to remind you what you're going to talk about at that moment. That's fine. That's a very clever thing to do. Have like certain keywords on the PowerPoint that not only relays the message that you want the audience to see on the PowerPoint, but also cues you in a Pavlovian experience, if you will, cues you into what you're going to say next or what you're going to say with this slide up. That's fine. That's that's totally fine. Right. That's just that's just smart game planning. But what you should not do is have every single word you're going to say completely spelled out on the PowerPoint, on the screen, on the charts. Now, if you reference a chart or whatever the case may be, and it's like 60%, whatever, that's fine. That's totally fine because you're trying to give a visual to what you're saying. And that creates more of an impact to your point, right? Because most people are visual people. They got to see it to believe it. Cliche is a cliche is a true stardom nation. That's why they have to see it to believe it. So, and, th and that's super important. So be mindful of that. But also on the PowerPoints, don't have too much going on. Don't have so much going on on the PowerPoint uh, that, you know, it distracts from what you're saying. You should have pictures on the PowerPoint. It should be mostly pictures, whatever the case may be. But if you have like a whole bunch of videos and GIFs or whatever the case may be, I'm going to be so distracted with the PowerPoint as the investor or the audience member that I'm not really going to listen to you. And you want me to listen to you. Okay. So be mindful of that style donation. That is super important. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I hope you're getting great value from today's content. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. teacher looking for great resources look no further than our teaching with owl section of our website enjoy great lessons such as our mini lesson for the story of an hour or dive into the nixon presidency as part of our legacy series enjoy great peace of mind from our units as they are common core aligned click the link in the show notes to purchase and lastly startup nation before we head out today it's my time to share with you 
you know, the step-by-step process on winning a pitch competition. Um, but before I do that, I just want to, I guess, give my credentials, uh, if you will. So I don't come off as a hypocrite because if I come off as a hypocrite, then, you know, that erodes in my credibility. And, you know, here, Startup Nation, we don't believe in in the theoretical. It's my job to give you those tangible tools and advice that you can use as soon as the episode is up with. And so I'm not going to do anything different with this part of the show. So uh, first things first, me and my wife, we entered a pitch competition uh, two years ago and we won. Um, And a a lot of people after that win would ask, like, you know, how did you do it? This and the other. And we'll get into that step by step process in just a second. But some of those people have actually, you know, uh, have reached out to us for them to coach them on pitch competitions. And most of them have won. And the ones that didn't win were so impressive that they got like a big meeting. One case, an example, is that we we coached a really good friend of mine on uh, a pitch competition for a pitch competition down in Atlanta. And she did not win, but she did get a meeting with Microsoft. And for me, Startup Nation, that's, you know, that's probably just as good, if not better than winning the actual prize money or the actual competition. Because uh, one of the things I I tell people all the time, uh, I I tell them, like, look, the 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 goal is much bigger than the prize money itself. The goal is to impress everybody in that room. And if you're impressive enough. You will get somebody's business card that will be much lucrative than, say, a $5,000 purse at a pitch competition. And so, you know, there's that. And then also for the past two years, I volunteer every Sunday during the school year at what is called Light Memphis. It's an entrepreneurship program for high schoolers. Uh, it's 16 weeks and it culminates in a pitch night where these these very impressive young people get up and they pitch their idea to the city of Memphis. And I tell them all the time too, like, look, if you don't win the thousand dollars, that's okay. If your pitch is impressive enough, you'll, you'll motivate somebody in that group. You'll motivate somebody in that audience to give you a business card. They'll be way more valuable than the thousand dollars. And, you know, and I've never been, I haven't been proven wrong since with the people that I coach with the, you know, the kids, you know, the students at light, I've never been wrong. And so Startup Nation, this is at the point of the time where I share my knowledge with you. So let's dive right into it. The first thing you want to do, Startup Nation, is to define your message. We talked about in, uh, I believe it's episode 55, I can't remember, the uh, uh, becoming a networking guru. We talked about when you're in the interview process, and I think we talked about public speaking and, and pitch competitions a little bit little bit uh, in their startup nation, but you want to define your message. You one of the things that not just define your message in an elevator pitch or a business pitch or a, you know even a business plan is that you don't want to come off as being everything to everybody. A lot of times when I see pitch competitions, uh, you know, across the country, um, I, I see people saying that, oh, yeah, we can do that. We can do that, too. And those two things are on two different ends of the spectrum. When we talk about defining your message in your company and in your pitch, I really do take the Kevin Plank approach. Kevin Plank is the founder and CEO CEO of Under Armour. And he talks about how when he first started and he was starting to get a little bit of success, people were you know, saying that you should get into shoes, you should get into socks, you should get into athletic apparel and everything else. 
you know, and he pretty much like, look, I'm going to continue to make a really good shirt, really good stretchy T-shirt. And I'm going to build out from there. And that's basically what you're doing. That Like the, how that shirt is the core of his business. You need to have a core message. Like if your company or your business is trying to solve the problem of, you know, convenience and fast food. If it's trying to solve the problem in the convenience of transportation or wherever that is, that needs to be your core defining message. Like at Owls, we do a lot of different things with the podcast, with Pedagogy After Dark, with our curriculums and everything else. But everything that we do from all of those things I just named and more comes from one word, teaching. It all comes from that one single core message of teaching. And so when you prepare for your pitch competition, you're preparing to get on the stage and dominate the stage. You need to have that defining core message. You can say a whole lot of words. And you can be charming and you can say a whole lot of anecdotes and personal stories and problems and what the competitions are doing. But everything that you do, everything that you say needs to come from some core place, some very defined core place. And it needs to be clear. Clarity is power is what Tony Robbins says. Clarity is power. If you're clear about your message, not only do your do you know you have conviction in what you're saying, the audience or the investor or the the judges will have conviction in the message that you're presenting. So the first thing I tell any of my clients when they ask me to be coach, define your message. What's the one thing that you want to convey to them? What's that message, Startup Nation? Define your message. The next thing you need to know, Startup Nation, is to know your audience. You know, okay, this is where you kind of be like, you know, do your very best CIA, FBI, law enforcement impersonation. And what I mean by that is, you know, or military intelligence or whatever the case may be, this is where you do reconnaissance. So nine times out of 10, you're going to find out who's going to be in the audience, a general idea who's going to be in the audience. Uh, who the judges will be. If it's like an investor, you already know who the investor is going to be because that, you know, obviously you have a meeting with them, whatever the case may be. But like in a pitch competition, you're generally going to know who the audience is and you're generally going to know who the judges are. I'm sorry. You're generally going to know who the judges are, not necessarily the audience, but you're generally going to know who the judges are. It's usually going to be posted on some website, on the entry uh, form or wherever the case may be. So from there, let's say there's five people, Okay. Or better yet, I'll give you an example of, you know, when we went through a pitch competition. We knew there was five people on a stage, five people who were judges, right? And we knew two of them were just, you know, general entrepreneurs, people who build themselves up from the ground up, have built successful businesses, this, and the other. And so what you do is you go on LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, Twitter, wherever the case may be, and you look at you know, who, who, especially LinkedIn, LinkedIn, start there first. You can get about 60 to 7% of the information that you need from LinkedIn. Just about everybody has a LinkedIn page. So go there. So with those two people, when I gather all their social media credentials and I looked at some of the things that they're post, because that's important too. A lot of times if they're like on a kick or something like that, like if they're all about business capital this month, if they're all about scaling the business this month, if they're all about whatever, those social media postings that they have are going to relay that. And so if you can weave that in into your pitch a little bit, let's go ahead and do that. But I knew that they were going to want to hear those things because that's something that's related to them and something that's relatable to what they're currently on at that time. Right. And it's 
information is also important to kind of to guess what kind of questions they're going to have if there's a Q&A. Nine times out of ten in a pitch competition, there will be a Q&A, right? And so I knew those two people, like I said, general entrepreneurial things, whatever the case may be. The other, the uh, next two people, one was from uh, the marketing team of FedEx and another one was from a PR firm, right? So what I know what kind of questions or what I need to gear towards them is like marketing stuff, how I'm going to market the idea, how I'm going to sell the idea, what kind of branding and social media things that I'm going to uh, have in place, you know, to get the word out that we're here. One of the hardest things in business to do is to let people know that you're here, right? And so that's honestly the biggest barrier. Believe it or not, most products that people have or most pro- or most services that people have in the starting a business, they're really good. I'm like, no lie. Like, they're seriously really good. The problem comes in is getting the word out, which is why marketing and, and branding and stuff like that is so important. So in that, I knew certain Q&A questions and answers or questions or whatever the case may be from them is going to come from a marketing and branding standpoint, wherever the case may be. Right. And so, and you can, like I said, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, try to get all that information from there. And so the next person actually leads me to the next part of this. Know your numbers, know your numbers. Now I'm not saying you need to know every single number that you need to know. Right. But there's general ones, profit margins, uh, revenue, uh, liabilities, you know, uh, you know, an idea on how to forecast the business. And the thing is, is like everybody know, everybody knows that you're not, you know, a soothsayer. You're not a, you're not a psychic or whatever the case may be. But if you can, at the very least, paint a solid enough picture to have a general idea of the direction your idea can go, that's okay. That's fine because that shows that you've thought about the idea where the case may be. That fifth person was an executive of the Memphis Grizzlies NBA team here in town where the case may be. So I know, you know, he's all about the numbers, all about the numbers. He's like uh, he, he runs the operational part of the Grizzlies. Right. So I know it's going to be all about numbers. You know, like I said, profit margin, scalability, you know, revenue, liabilities, assets on hand, wherever the case may be. And like I said, you don't have to know all the numbers, but you need to have some grasps of certain numbers, especially ones that are super important to your industry. Okay. And so, um, when you know those numbers, you know, or if you don't know the numbers and your pitch competition allows for you to have a second person, even if that second person is only there for the numbers, bring that person to the fold. Because that, like, because the thing is like, Everybody knows that not everybody, everybody knows that not everybody's a numbers person. Okay. And so you can allow for that. You really can. So even if it's like just your accountant or whatever the case may be, as long as there's somebody there with the numbers on hand, that's fine. But if you don't have anybody on numbers on hand, you very least need to have a general idea on certain numbers that you need to know. Okay. After that, after you know you you know who's going to be there, and you've in, you know you searched them out, did your reconnaissance mission, whatever the case may be. We need to get in the film room. Any professional athlete, you know, worth their weight in salt, looks at game film. I don't care if it's soccer, baseball, football, basketball, does not matter. You look at game film, and this is a competition, and so you need to do the same as well. Now you're probably asking, 
what kind of video would I look at to prepare for a pitch competition? Hmm. Well, for starters, you can look at other pitch competition winners on YouTube, right? So that's that's for one. For two, uh, you can probably go look at film of probably the greatest pitch man of our generation, Steve Jobs of Apple. Okay, when he had like we looked at film for like when he presented a new iPad, new iPhone, some new Apple product. We went and looked at film of that. We looked at some of the tone that he uses, some of the words that he used to sell the product, you know, because that's what he's doing. He's selling the product out into the marketplace so they can get excited about it, wherever the case may be. Right. It ain't all about the tech. It's all about, you know, getting them excited, getting them the marketplace ramped up for this new idea, because the thing is, you have a great product. But if you can't sell it, 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 it really is like a Lamborghini with the keys locked inside. It's useless. Just useless. Okay? We also look at the game film of Simon Sinek and his TED Talk. You know, talk about the importance of selling your why, uh, you know, as well. And so when we talk about game film and, and this, that, and the other, you need to look at those things. You need to look at how people have been successful at pitching something have done it. And that gives you a mind frame, that gives you a framework, and that gives you some ideas on how to pitch your idea, how to get your messaging across. Because that part is important. It's super, super important. And like I said, you know, we talked about selling your why. It's like people always talk about what we do and how we do it, but why you do it is so important. For us at Owls, we're trying to move society forward. And so we do that through teaching. We do that through grassroots you know, getting the word out there of how things work, how, you know, uh, things are supposed to be with using facts, right? Using logic, using optimism, right? And so when you sell your why, you know, just remember that it's not all about like if you're selling cupcakes, it ain't about the cupcake. Selling your why is to provide, you know, a new option in the marketplace that has never seen before. That's your why. It's not the cupcake. It's the new idea or the new item or product or service in the marketplace. That's your why. So that's super important to, to get that part. And, you know, also as well, last but not least, and I've mentioned this before, it ain't about the prize money. Pitch competitions and winning, it ain't about the prize money, right? You know, if you're familiar with the movie Choices, Project Peck talks about this, this, this idea of the short cheese, Basically, that low-hanging fruit that's like, true enough, it's great and it's right there. But you want the seed, not the fruit. You want the seed. Because the thing is, $5,000 or $1,000 or $10,000 in the interim sounds amazing if you're a startup business. Oh, my goodness. That sounds great. But what if that seed is the business card? What if that seed is the business meeting that even though you didn't win, somebody thought enough of your idea to like, Let's have coffee. Let me give you my business card. Email me next week. I want to talk more about your idea. Okay. So it really isn't about the prize money startup nation. It really is about doing a really great job. So that way, not only can you get the prize money as well, but you can also get people to get interested in ideas because people love great ideas and people with money love investing in great ideas. But that's super important. So remember those things, startup nation, just to recap. Define your message, know your audience, know your numbers, get in the film room, sell your why, and remember that it's not about the prize money. Remember that it's not about the prize money. So 
it's pitch competition day. You've you got your format in place that we talked about earlier in the episode. You're not nervous. You got everything in place, wherever the case may be. Right before the pitch competition, go off somewhere, you know, and just kind of just breathe and think. We've talked about on this show before the pose. The superhero pose, lowering your cortisol levels to kind of release the stress, whatever the case may be. Do that to give yourself a boost right before you go out there. Also, if you brought like a friend or a family member or something like that, make sure you strategically, strategically place them in the middle of the audience. Why do you do that? Let's say you get out there and those bright lights, you know, because you didn't really practice bright lights while you were practicing or whatever, right? But sometimes maybe the bright lights, they get to you and that's okay, right? And so you want to be seen when you're up there to be looking at the entire audience, right? So what you do is, let's say you, you, you're talking, you're giving a good pitch, but you get a little nervous because you're looking off to the left, looking off to the right. Just remember where that person is. Focus on them. People are always comfortable with a familiar face. And tell that family member, like every, every time they look straight at you and you lock, lie, lock eyes, nod and smile. Nod and smile. Because the thing is, if you're seeing somebody nodding and smile, that gives you an instant confidence boost in game, right? And then get that confidence boost. You feel better. Okay, start panning around, you know, panning the room some more, talking to people to the left, talking to the people to the right. Feel a little bit nervous. Boom, lock in on that person. Have them nod and smile. Get you some more energy boost, confidence boost, you know, wherever the case may be. And then do the same thing. Now, if you're doing a great pitch, you're going to get that nod and smile from other people in the crowd. And that's going to boost your confidence even more. But if for some reason you're not getting that, that's okay. That's okay. Lock in on that person. Get it from them. Okay. And be flexible when you're up there, Sodom Nation. If you see that a certain tone uh, or a certain inflection or a certain whatever in your voice is working, because you'll see people nodding and smiling, the case may be, roll with that. Stay on that tone. Stay on that message. Because that can be super important as you knock out your pitch. Okay, and then after you finish your pitch and you're up there, your work's not done. Get some feedback, get some feedback from the audience, get some feedback from the judges. Even if you win, get some feedback. Definitely if you don't win, get some feedback. But even if you win, get some feedback. Ask them, why did you win? Why did why did I get over the hump? Why did I beat my competition? Because that's super important, Startup Nation. And it can take you a long road if you decide to go to compete in more pitch competitions. So here's my final take. A lot of people like to stray away from pitch competitions and i get it you know that nervousness we talked about or whatever the case may be but here's the thing if you can talk about your business in a pitch competition you can talk about your business in a business meeting in a boardroom in a big meeting for a contract or whatever the case may be right all a pitch competition is is just practice for the bigger games the bigger be the bigger deals that's going to come down the road for you and your idea and your business so that's super important so when you see calls for pitch competitions and you see people telling you to, hey, come compete in this competition, don't stray away from it. Don't don't try to be like, nah, I don't want to because you're nervous. What you don't want to do is to be afraid of facing 90 to 120 seconds that can limit you and your business for years and years down the road. And I believe if you do all these things that we just talked about, you can win a pitch competition. So that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Startup Nation. I hope you got great value uh, from this content today. Look, pitch competitions can be scary. They can be nervous. But if you do proper practice, 
which is honestly not irons out 90% of that nervousness, believe me. And if you stay on message and everything is that I talked about, believe me, you can win and you can win big. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a new way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. To subscribe to the show, as it can now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.